To CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time now for the Nerdwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we have in right now in the studio? Well, it's Crazy Ed! Who are you? Crazy Ed with Crazy Records! And you have brought in a whole bunch of crazy LP uh, 45s, and we began, Ed, with... Probably the craziest, because uh, that was on the Jolly Roger label, um, which is obviously a pirated record. And uh, we started that off with um, one of the screen queens. That was Mae West from 1933. And now, not only did you bring in a whole bunch of 45s for girls, 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 you brought in a 45 needle. <laughs> that turns into a 78 needle that caused this May West to be in only one speaker. Well, uh, I guess it was mono. I guess it didn't have a, a slave channel. But yeah, I brought in a, a 78 needle on, in a head and uh, we didn't know if it was going to work, but it uh, reproduced pretty good. I think that was pretty listenable. You brought in Girls, Girls, Girls by Mae West. Well, that's the name of the show. What is the premise of this show? And what is the premise of Mae West? Well, all kinds of girls. And your pet peeve. 
All kinds First of girls. First off, girls, girls, girls. For sure. All kinds of girls doing all kinds of stuff. And um, where this show is going to go, well, only Nardware knows because I brought enough that he can take it in many directions. Well, what age range especially are we talking about? And when I'm talking about age, how old are these tunes? And they're all on vinyl. Well, they're all on 45. Most of them are originals, and most of them are probably going to be from the 50s and early 60s. But um, we freaked out with Mae West there. And my pet peeve is that a lot of people like to say, oh, actors and actresses, they can't sing. And uh, I, I'm of the, a different opinion, which is that uh, if you've got one talent, then you've got them all. So it's just a, a matter of what you concentrate on and um, and and bring out. And uh, for for Mae West, uh, she was uh, I think she got great pipes. She actually had one hit record, but that wasn't it. Um, her hit record was "I'm No Angel" from the, actually the same show that uh, I found a new way to go to town uh, came from. And of course, uh, she. Um, she was uh, one of the greatest from Hollywood's golden era, and but she always uh, did stuff that was suggestive, uh, had or the sexual overtones. So it's so Nardware that phrase takes a good man to make me. Does that have any meaning to you? Nineteen thirty-three. That tune was from nineteen thirty-three. Yes, she did do a later record with a garage band in the sixties. You know, May Out West. Remember that one. May out west, way I, out west, I, or something I, like that. I don't think I've got the that picture. One. Is her with a garage band on the cover of like 1965? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, she was uh, did her record uh, as late as maybe 68. I I remember the one cut that I really remember was uh, she did a version of Great Balls of Fire, which would be totally up her alley. And right now, we are going to cut to what, Ed? On girls, girls, girls. Okay, well, we're going, going to go to, uh, to the next uh, girl. Of course, Mae West was uh, a blonde and, and the first blonde screen queen. And the, and the very next one was Marilyn Monroe. So we've got uh, Marilyn Monroe cut from Some Like It Hot. And interestingly enough, you are going to run over to the turntable and replace the needle. That's so hopefully right. we will do it in time for you to hear the cut after Monroe. That's, that's right, because Marilyn's cut is only about a minute and a half, so we don't have much time to work with. And all this is part of Girls, Girls, Girls. And here is Marilyn Monroe. Some like it hot. That's what I got You turn the heat on me Some like it hot Look what you started A conflagration, baby, that's what Don't let the flame go out Some like it hot Oh, baby, I'm from that old school I'm on the spot Love burns you up the most Like it or not But baby 
to feeling like a rolling stone. Haven't got a place to call my own. I keep a Something waiting there for me Instead of blues and empty hours And the tears I know
and you're still listening to CITR Radio, the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show. And who do we still have in the studio today? Why, it's Eddie G! What are we doing, Ed? Girls, girls, girls! And you want to say that this was a hit. What we just heard was a hit. A hit in Vancouver, B.C., Canada, and nowhere else in the world. That was Evelyn Freeman from the March 1962. That was top 30 in Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Um, Evelyn w- was uh, the older sister of Ernie Freeman. Um, a very famous um, pianist, uh, arranger, uh, had tons of hits. But uh, Evelyn ran her own club uh, called The Upstairs on Sunset Strip. And, uh, well, she was born February 1919 in Cleveland, Ohio. Before that, we had a pair of uh, Aretha Franklin records. Um, Lee Cross was uh, a hit on the R&B hit parade, went to 31 uh, on the national R&B charts, but didn't, uh, didn't do nothing on the Hot 100 and before that, we had a very precious record from, uh, it was issued in November 59, and um, it was a 17-year-old, Aretha Franklin. Who just announced her retirement. Right. You love Miss Franklin. Well, she's soul sister number one, and isn't she something like that? She first recorded for uh, a very small little label, uh, JVB, in 1956. Um, although she was born in Memphis, Tennessee, she was raised in Buffalo and Detroit. And, of course, her uh, father was a preacher, preacher man. And before that, we had our, um, our, our singing blondes, uh, three actresses who uh, made records for us. And uh, the, the last one we heard there was Mamie Van Doren. From a, a, a TV, not a TV show, but a, but a movie called Untamed Youth. Which has a band, Untamed Youth, named after it. Who I think you saw, the Untamed Youth. Remember at the Railway Club? Well, it wasn't at the Railways. It, it was at some small place in Gastown. Some real small place. Oh, the Savoy? No, no, no. I'm. I'm. Talk- oh, the Smash Gallery. You, That's you're at it. that show. That's Thank it. you for remembering that show. That's you it. and like six others were at that <laughs> show, but they put on a great performance. And who are you again, Ed? You are bringing girls, girls, girls. Oh, this is crazy, Ed. You are a Vancouver record collector, aren't a you? A Vancouver record collector, a crazy one. And if people will have listened really hard to my James Brown interview, they might have heard you on. B-cam, you were there, but I recently sent you a little clip of you and James Brown interacting. Do you remember that? 32 seconds oh, yes, of yes, fame. Yes, yes. What was happening there, you and James Brown? Um, well, I can't remember exactly. But I, I want I wanted to finish this about uh, Mamie Van Doren. You know, uh, unta- it shows your your priorities are wanting to talk about Mamie Van Doren over I James to, Brown. I want to talk about the now. This is what this is a show we're doing now here. Um, did you know that Untamed Youth was condemned by the Catholic Legion of Decency in 1957? I had no idea. It was condemned. And I want to give a little shout out to the person that released the Team Youth LP, Billy Miller on Norton Records, because he recently passed away. 
that's true. Did you ever meet Billy Miller? I did actually go to his house in Brooklyn. It was a giant converted schoolhouse into lofts, and it was filled with amazing records and zines. I loved it. In fact, I got from him and Miriam Lina the Tammy Show wall poster, the show poster for the Tammy Show that James Brown was part of, and the reason that he gave that interview with us was I gave him that poster. I remember that well. That I got at Billy Miller's house. Wow. So rest in peace, so, Billy Miller. So this is making a circle for us, and, and at last all these things are tied together. Do you know who uh, Mamie Van Dorn was discovered by? Howard Hughes! In Vancouver? No, <laughs> hardly. She was one of the first actresses to be modeled after Marilyn Monroe. And, of course, uh, Marilyn Monroe was her second cut. Some like it hot. Did you know that she was an orphan? Have we played Jean Mansfield? Um, no, we haven't. Um, you know, Jean is somebody who didn't have very much acting talent, didn't have very much singing talent either. Ba-boom. <laughs> anyway, Marilyn was the ultimate dumb blonde. Um, here's a famous quote by Marilyn. Give a girl the right shoes and she can conquer the world. But she could sing. Yeah, I think so. Um, as an orphan, she was sexually abused. How do you like that? How do you like them apples? And when did she die? 1963. What record um, was that from? What year was that from? August. Uh, she died on August the 5th, 1962 in L.A., uh, this record was from 59, and of course it was in the show, Some Like It Hot. Did it chart? No, I don't think she How had How hard I, was I it to get she, that record for you? Um, this, You know what? This record was made in France, so you don't see this one very often. It comes with a gorgeous pig sleeve. You oh. didn't bring that out? Um, you know, I didn't think about that. How about that? I, I kind of goofed. I was still trying to get all the stats and stuff together and uh because i had some late additions and some last minute additions i didn't even get that done it's been a hectic week and rest in peace for billy miller and coming up we have another person rest in peace don't we well this is patsy klein and uh, of course she died in a plane crash uh, near camden tennessee that also killed uh, cowboy copas and hawkshaw hawkins um, she was born Virginia Patterson Hensley in Winchester, Virginia in 1932. She had perfect pitch. She was the first female solo to go into the Country Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame. So we got to watch this one. This one's called Stop Look and Listen and Not Where It Ends Cold, so look out. And this is all part of Girls, Girls, Girls with guest DJ Crazy Ed. Well, I know a cool cat from way downtown. He's been boxing all around. In this old world, he's living fast. Someday I'm afraid he's going to run out of gas. So if you're traveling that way too, I tell you, friend, what you better do. You gotta stop, look, and listen. Hey, you don't know what you're missing. You gotta stop, look, and listen. Cause you might be missing kissing. If you're traveling slow, you go a long, long way.
you'll burn his motor out. So if you're traveling that way too, I'll tell you, friend, what you better do. You gotta stop, look, and listen. Hey, you don't know what you're missing. You gotta stop, look, and listen, cause you might be missing kissing. If you're traveling slow, you'll go a long, long way. Came the boogie, then the bunny hop, now the rumba samba, then the bop. Well, I don't know what's coming next, but this old world's in a terrible fix. So if you're traveling that way too, I tell you, friend, what you better do. You gotta stop, look, and listen. Hey, you don't know what you're missing. You gotta stop, look, and listen, cause you might be missing kissing. If you're traveling slow, you'll go a long, long way. You gotta stop, look and listen. You gotta stop, look and listen. You gotta stop.
Rica and the Alpine Inn. 
keep the on through. <laughs> McKinley Park and Hannah Cross and Tuggle Luggle Wiggy. Right down to my silly little ditty. They're all doing the Eskimo Boogie Dance. Sweet Willie, my Billy. Sweet Willie, he calls me silly. The boys call him Billy, but the girls all know that his name is Sweet Willie, cause it turns him so. Sweet, sweet Willie, he calls him silly. When he rolls his eyes, I'm hypnotized. Sweet, sweet Willie, he calls him silly all the time. Oh, 
And you are still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ. Crazy Ed! And Crazy Ed, what are we doing today? And we heard a whole bunch of it. Girls, girls, girls! What did we just hear? That was Dean and Jean, and actually that was uh, Welton Young and Brenda Lee Jones, known as Dean and Jean. They had a hit record, but that sure wasn't it. They were a black duo from Ohio. People think we're crazy, but we love the stroll. But rock and roll is in our soul. Where did they get that record? Where did I get it? A lot of these records, you say, are quite rare. Where have you got them? And how did you even know that they exist in the first place? Well, I got this one, this particular record from Mark Lee Allen uh, in Corvallis, Oregon. And Mark uh, sells bootleg records and he uh, gives you a, a, a clip of them. So that was an easy one. I just listened to the clip and said, yeah, I got to have that. <laughs> and I gives Mark some money and he gives me a record. What was the deal on me and you talking, and I bring this up every time, to Ike Turner? What did you show Ike Turner and why did you freak out? Well, I showed him uh, a copy of Rocket 88, which is uh, uh, a record that he played on. And uh, he fumbled it and dropped it. And it bounced off a concrete floor, and I couldn't believe it. As on the way down, I thought, what are you going to say? How are you going to react to this? And then by the time, before it even hit, I thought, well, you know, it's Ike's record. You, you know, it would be perfect if I, Ike broke it dust into dust. And then I could uh, frame it and put it on the wall and say, Ike Turner broke this record. You also helped me with a Wanda Jackson interview, which I don't remember anything about. What do you remember about Wanda Jackson? You've met her a couple times, haven't you? 
Um, yeah, I got to go to um, a, a private soiree for Wanda Jackson. That was um, in uh, Las Vegas. So that was that was really precious to me because I had uh, I had a private m- moment where I had Wanda all to myself. Uh, I showed her a copy of Baby Loves Him. And she said, oh, Baby Loves Him, I wrote that record. And I said, I know that's what makes it real special for me. And she said, let me tell you about it. And I said, "Uh, no, stop, don't tell me. I said, you wrote it for Elvis. And she freaked out. She said, yeah, you're right. And then she she autographed my EP and she said, love you, Wanda Jackson. Now, regarding Elvis, John Lennon has said, before Elvis, there was nothing. But you would disagree with that statement, wouldn't you? Well, there's a, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a continuum. But you know, there's no doubt that Elvis, you know, kind of changed things. He really did. But you know, that change was coming. Um, but you know, I do think Elvis was kind of um, the anointed one in a way. You know, um, there's there's been a lot said about it. Uh, apparently, the, in history, there was somebody. Uh, known as L this and um, something has been made of that and um, so um, I, I don't know but I really do think that uh, um, there's no doubt that Elvis was kind of a chosen one in that way and rockabilly per se is defined as what years well uh, you know the original rock and roll was rockabilly and uh, the, the guy that in invented or concocted rockabilly was Bill Haley and he did it very deliberately when he added a slap bass into his uh, country swing sound and now at that time that's what it was all about it was uh, trying to create a sound that was uniquely yours Um, in this day and age where everybody's trying to sound very hard like everybody else um, you know, it, it's a, an antiquated thought, but uh, he did that. He put slap bass in, into country swing, and on that very first record, which was, was called Rock This Joint, um, they boosted the, the, uh, the, the sound value on the bass the, uh, until the bass is just right in your ear. But, you know, it's just right in your face because... It had never been heard before on a white record. It was strictly something that was uh, on black records. Actually, when I say it wasn't on a white record, uh, that's not quite correct either. Because in uh, in the 30s, in the late 30s, um, let's see if I can dredge this out of the back of my mind. Um, Astaire, um, what, what was his name, the dancer? Fred? Fred Astaire uh, also was a singer. And uh, he did a thing called uh, Slap That Bass. And uh, true, true, to, true to the title, it has Slap Bass on it. And that was in, I believe, 1938. But it was, uh, you know, all that sort of faded away and it was forgotten. So when uh, Haley brought it back, that was something that, uh, you know, seemed like it was brand new again. What exact years is Rockabilly? 57 to 
59 or is it 55 to 57? And also, can you find Rockabilly from the Matrix numbers? I know the Cram said a whole bunch of cool bands had didn't understand the name or they didn't know the name of the band, but they knew how to identify cool records by the Matrix number. Well, I've never heard that. And I think that's just BS because most... Uh most labels uh, that were around in the 50s, uh, you know, did some wild rock and roll, which is called rockabilly, even though it's not. Uh, rockabilly is sort of tightly defined as a music that has elements of uh, black music and white music in it, uh, namely uh, rhythm and blues and and uh, country and western, which was called hillbilly at that time, which makes rockabilly. Um now, Bill Haley did his first rockabilly record in 1952. And, uh, and actually, shortly after that, within about a year and a half, he brought in a, um, uh, a sax player into the band, which was one more step towards rhythm and blues, and that became rock and roll. So uh, Bill Haley created both rockabilly and rock and roll. And uh, had the very first rock and roll hit record in 1953, Crazy Man Crazy. Um, So uh, rockabilly was popular until about mid-56. And after that, it went underground and it uh, it still lives on to, to this very day underground what did we just hear in the set proceeding what else did we hear and were any of the artists Canadian absolutely none of them uh, we're gonna we've got a, a Canadian set coming up for you uh, we've got a Canadian record right on the turntable actually with a Vancouver connection uh, to, before that we heard gonna be loved by uh, Linda Roth and the epics uh, very obscure uh, you know I love my car songs and I, I, I'm not being a Ford man, I'm not crazy about Chevrolets, and here she's talking about a, a hopped-up Chevrolet. Well, you know, it's a great record, and we had to play it. That was from October 59. Uh, before that, we had uh, Sweet Willie, Barbara Allen. Barbara Allen was somebody that did uh, a session for DECA, and I think she was on another label after that, and then um, faded away. She was originally from uh, Zuni, uh, Virginia, uh, she pre- performed on the New Dominion Barn Dance, uh, WRVA uh, radio in Richmond, Virginia, uh, in 59. That record, Sweet Willie, was from 58. We heard uh, Eskimo Boogie. We, we put on our mucklucks for that one by Betty Jo Starr. She was born Betty Jo Cunningham in Altus, Oklahoma in 1925. Before that, we had uh, Rose Maddox uh, and uh, the Maddox brothers. Uh, Rose played fiddle uh, as well as was a singer. And, of course, they, they were known as the most colorful hillbilly band in America because they wore very colorful uh, Western costumes. Uh, they were amongst the first bands to be wearing outfits made by Nudie of Hollywood. Um, Rose started performing with her brothers at age 11. Um, she shocked the grand old Opry when she came on stage with a bare midriff. Can you imagine that? Scandalous. Pre-Shania. <laughs> yeah, pre-everybody. Uh, what be- year was that? 
Um, Stop Whistling Wolf was from October 1957, and uh, we could do a whole show of of Rose's Rockers. She was just fabulous. I met her, too. I met her in uh, Vancouver, B.C., Canada. can't remember. That was at a folk festival, actually. Before that, we had uh, Gene Shepard. He's my baby. Um, You know, Gene had 73 country charters. Uh, but that wasn't one of them. So that was a, a no-hitter from August 58. I guess uh, she, you know, everybody had to try their hand at rockabilly, and, and she did. She died of Parkinson's at the age of 82. Uh, she was married to Hawkshaw Hawkins, and, of course, Hawkshaw Hawkins died in that plane crash with Patsy Cline and Cowboy Copas. Uh, she was the first country uh female artist to sell a million copies uh, a, a dear john letter with Ferlin husky sold a million copies uh, she also played bass did i mention that and of course we started that set off with uh, patsy klein who was the first female solo to go into the country music hall of fame we All right. Ha- we have actually some questions for you, Ed. Questions we, for me? Yes, we have been tweeting out some pictures of some of the label 45s that you have brought out. And we have a question from Dan. And Dan asks about the No Hub Wanted 45 that you have that we haven't played yet. Where did they find this record? That's what I call labor intensive in the search department. Where did you find No Help Wanted? Well, that one came to By me. the Canadian Sweethearts. Actually, um, I've got two copies of that. I've got the, the regular copy, but the one that we've got uh, posted is uh, an audition or DJ uh, copy, not for sale copy. That one came to me from Jordan Coop in desert, from Desert Springs, Texas. Um, trade? How? When? Like, or... Oh, I traded money for it. <laughs> Actually, that one wasn't terribly expensive. Uh, some of these records uh, have been terribly expensive. But... Uh, what that, year? That one... Oh, I bought that uh, in 06. January 06. It uh, cost me a stomping $40 U.S. Probably $40 Canadian at that time. We also had a comment from Tom Hawthorne about the Loretta Lynn 7-inch that we tweeted out on Zero Records, and he was saying it's a Vancouver label. Yes, that's correct. Um, You know, uh, going back to the 70s, I used to ask people, where was the Zero label from? And people used to say, oh, it's an L.A. label. Oh, it's an Arizona label. But, you know, eventually I found out it's a Vancouver, B.C., Canada label. And um, actually, yes, uh, that was uh, Loretta Lynn's first hit record, Zero, 107. Well, should we get into the country girls? What do we have coming up? Well, these actually Canadian girls, and the first one is... Canadian Di- content. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the first one is Diana Lee, and uh, we're going to have her doing a, a tune that she came out with in 1966, which was very nice that she remembered it. Uh, it was written by Buddy Reynolds, and uh, actually first recorded for the Zero record label. Uh, Buddy had uh, three records on the Zero label, and actually Loretta Lynn had three records on the label. Three and three make six, and there were 12 in all, so uh, 
between the two of them, they put out half the records on the Zero label. So this one's called Walking With Me. And you again are? As crazy Ed. Doing all? Girls, girls, girls. Bringing in all your records for, I guess, TJ.
from the heart of the Southland and the best country music in the world, Nashville, Tennessee. This is Loretta Lynn, and if you're planning to be in Music City this summer, let me tell you about a place you'll want to see. It's the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum on 16th Avenue South. The whole beautiful story of country music is there for you to see and hear seven days a week. Plan to see Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum. Next time you're in Nashville, you won't be disappointed. Big boy, ooh, what you do? He took me home that day He carried my books all the way When well, my house came in sight He whispered, how about tonight? I turned around and said, ooh, ooh la Ooh la la, ooh, ooh, ooh Big boy, ooh, what you do? Yeah. 
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, the Nerdwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Crazy Ed! Crazy Ed never! Doing all girls, girls, girls. And what did we just hear right there? Did we hear some Canadian content? Boy, did we ever hear that. We heard um, the Canadian sweethearts. Uh, what could be more Canadian than the Canadian sweethearts? Bob Reagan and Lucille. What was Lucille's last name? My goodness. Bob oh. and Lucille. Bob and Lucille. Yeah, they were Bob and Lucille. All right. Uh, how could I forget Lucille's last name? I just love her voice. Well, greatest um, female rocker to come out of Canada. Um, that was recorded at the legendary K Blank, K Bank Studio, excuse me, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And you know what? Um, We're the guess who recorded "It's My Pride." Okay, yeah, that, like I say, and the Trashman did. That was a very famous studio. The um, Trashman did. Well, probably uh, Surfing Bird. Yes. And the castaways did Liar Liar there, Yeah, I think. That sounds right. On Soma. That's right. And this was on uh, Soma as well. This was from 1961. Um, they were, the Canadian sweethearts were still known as Bob and Lucille. And they were playing a place in, uh, in Minneapolis. Do you know a famous club in Minneapolis? I think it was called The Flame. The MC was supposed to introduce them. And he forgot their names. And he said, here's the um, Canadian Sweethearts. And that's how they got their name. I did not know that. Amazing. Yeah, it all happened in Minnesota. And, okay, what did we have before that? Before that, we had uh, Loretta Lynn, I'm a Honky Tonk Girl. Um, Zero Records, uh, 1620 Barclay Street, Vancouver, B.C., Canada. And, of course, that's got um, uh, all those uh, famous uh, Capital Recording Session artists on it. That band was Wait, led by... Wait, it has S- the exact address still there? Speedy West. Beg your pardon? Zero Records still has an actual address, right? Yeah, I gave the first address. Or maybe this is the second. I've got, the, I've got a, um, I've got a um, test press that has... Uh, uh, the Zero Records label address on it. And it's a different address than this one that I gave. I'm, I'm just trying to remember which came first, and uh, now I can't. Um, Johnny Zapp, uh, also known as, as a Plantinsky, first met R- Loretta Lynn circa 53 at the Wagon Wheel in Blaine, Washington. He invited her to, to jam at the Chicken Coop where she was discovered and signed by Don Grashy to the Zero label, uh, Don being of Thunder Bay. Uh, the Chicken Coop was a ba- backyard dance hall in the Fraserview area of Vancouver, uh, it converted to a, a musician's jam session. Lorena Lynn at a New Year's Eve party at Hank the Hobo's in Richmond. Wait a second. Hank the Hobo plays into the story? Norman Merkel? Hank the Hobo? It was seven degrees Celsius, and she wasn't wearing shoes. 
At Hank the Hobo's house? At Hank the Hobo's house. At a Hank new, the Hobo. The, ami- oh, this, the New let's Year's step back Eve for a second. party. Hank the Hobo, who I love, Hank the Hobo from Vancouver, plays into the Loretta Lynn story? Well, the, the, every, everybody who was a country musician back in Vancouver and at that time met Loretta. She was just part of the scene. There wasn't anybody to do. Don't downplay Hank the Hobo. She was. She wasn't a queen. She. She was the new kid on the block. Okay, and before that, we had uh, Vanda White. Uh, Ooh, do that was cut for the Glory Record Company of New York. Uh, she was born in 1943, so when that one comes up in, uh, out in March 58, she's 14 or 15 years old. And that one, actually the flip side, which is kind of a um, ballad thing, uh, was a big hit in Toronto. It was number 11 on their chart, so just missed the top 10. But ooh, what you do is the cool side. And uh, before that, we had Walking With Me. And uh, like I say, I've got a, um, a test press uh, by Buddy Reynolds. Uh, of that with and without chorus I might say so I've got something that was never released but uh, here's uh, Diane Lee is uh, remembering that and um, did her version of Walking With Me Buddy Reynolds uh, also known as um, what was Buddy Reynolds's other name uh, well, maybe I'm gonna we be- know your name maybe I'm confused crazy Ed. I'm just crazy Ed, you know it's amazing you've brought in all these records, and we did play that Loretta Lynn th- talking about the Country Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Which I juggled. All this is live. We got that on at the last second, and Nardware did a marvelous job of uh, finding the cut and uh, and queuing it and getting it on, and uh, that all happened in pretty nice time. Well, right now, we've got to uh, sit back and... Um, and and do some tunes. Uh, I just want to ask you, Ed. You also brought out a bunch of Sun Records T-shirts for me. You had at one time the R. You had the exclusive distribution distribution for Sun Records tees in Canada. I was a um, what do you call that anyway? I was a li- Sun licensee. That's what I was. You had the R, and so you actually went down to Memphis, Tennessee. When you looked in the Sun Vaults, because I know you did, did you find anything there, or had it been all picked over? Now do you think back on it? Oh, I found tons of great stuff. You know, I almost had a heart attack uh, right there. Um, I I saw a copy uh, that said Mystery Train, and... uh, and I, I just, my little heart was just pumping so fast, I thought it was going to jump out of my chest. But it turned out to be by Vernon Taylor. I had forgotten Vernon Taylor did his version of it. <laughs> I was thinking of Elvis, of course. Did you ever get that record? Um, yeah, I have an original. I have all five of uh, Elvis's original Sun records. Were they issued in Canada? No. However, you know, quality is, is a... Um, uh, one of the premier Canadian labels. Uh, they, some of them came out on a quality label. And when I found that out, I freaked. But um, in, later, in later days, I found out that the quality label that they were talking about was a California label. And nobody, absolutely nobody has said anything about those records in 30 years. So how rare are they? <laughs> what is on your want list, Ed? 
Oh, these days, uh, I've I've really backed off an awful lot. Um, I'm not I'm not terribly keen on anything anymore. What did you recently buy at Neptune Records? Because you were into Neptune Records, and you, you recently know? picked up How something. How did you know about that? Actually, I bought a Zero Records. Um, uh, I bought a uh, Treetops record that I already had, and it turned out that uh, I didn't keep the the record that I caught got from uh, Neptune. I forgot I got some other kind of Canadian record. Actually, it was uh, all American on a Canadian label. Um, I, I can't remember if I kept that one either. <laughs> and how I met you, Ed, was you played the Whalers from Tacoma, Washington. Rocky and I Robin ran Roberts. into the CITR DJ booth and you I said, oh, my God, have we played any Northwest music today? Um, Just I mean, well, we, we played the played the Loretta Van- Lynn. How about Vancouver? Doesn't isn't Vancouver part of the Pacific Northwest? We played a couple there. Um, the Canadian Sweethearts, by the way, in '61, that would have been based out of Vancouver, BC, Canada. You also play accordion, and I remember when I was going to have Not you me. when I had you on my show, Ed, and you were mad. I should did I faded down Bob Dylan. Maggie's Farm. You said I should not fade down Bob Dylan. That's got a great instrumental at the end of it. That was, that was uh, some would say it was the best part of the record, but anyway, it was a good, strong part of the record. I just remember <laughs> you were mad. Maggie's Farm, I faded I it down. I wasn't mad. I was just. You said, don't fade it. Don't I, fade it. I was just chiding you, that's all. So, what are we going to hear right now? We're gonna, we're you know, we've got to uh, honor Black Music Month, so we're we're gonna play some uh, some black artists here. We're gonna play Laverne Baker, um, who was born Dolores Laverne Baker uh, back in 1929 in Chicago. Um, actually, you know, I, I found out something interesting about her when she uh, had a big hit with Tweedly D, which was her first real big one. Um, went to number four on the R&B and uh, on the pop charts, it was number 14. But Georgia Gibbs came along and did a note-for-note note cover of it that went to number one on the pop charts. Laverne Bakers sued Georgia Gibbs unsuccessfully, but she also petitioned Congress to consider such um, covers as copyright violations. I was quite surprised about that. Um failed but uh interesting that she gave it a whirl we're gonna play her biggest hit record uh this one's uh i cried a tear from uh december 58 r&b it was uh spent five weeks uh on, at number two 19 weeks total on the hot 100 it was number six for 20 weeks uh, and it was uh a top 20 record in canada here in bc it was uh number 16 on ckwx this particular disc is mint i hope so is it poot or it's hell no <laughs> i don't want to insult you but you occasionally get boots right yeah, you know what? All of these uh, records we played uh, have been originals except for one, except for that Dean and Gene record, which is just ever so obscure. And you are crazy. And this is Girls, Girls, Girls. And you are the guest DJ. Because of you, I cry. 
Should I ever love again? Or should I stay as I am? Love's got me in such a spin. Should I ever love again? I may be wrong, but feel I'm right.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Crazy Ed. What did we just hear? Crazy Ed. Well, that was a, a black gal who uh, was originally a Trinidadian, uh, born Una Winifred Atwell. And, you know, they're not sure about what date she was born. It's kind of funny. It's uh, either February 27th or April 27th, 1910 or 1914. You get your pick. She was very popular in Britain and Australia. She sold over 20 million records. She was the first black person to have a number one hit on the UK singles chart. And to this very day, she's the only female to have an instrumental number one tune. Where did you get that record? Where did I get it? I don't know. I've had that since the 70s. I've known her. I've known about her, and I've known about this tune for an awful long time, since the 70s. And uh, finally, I get to play it for the folks. Anyway, before that, we had one of Why have you held off so long? Well, I don't know. It just didn't come to mind. Um, uh, Before that, we had Mary Lou Williams, who was one of the greatest uh, female piano players ever. Uh, I think Oscar Peterson was talking about the really great piano players, and, uh, of course, Oscar's considered one of them. And, uh, of course, he mentioned Art Tatum, but the other person he mentioned, Mary Lou Williams. Um, she was she recorded more than 100 records on uh, 7845 and LP. She was playing piano at age six, and she was self-taught. She was uh, a, a vocalist and composer. She wrote hundreds of, of tunes. Before that, we had uh, Ruth Brown, Papa Daddy. Uh, Papa Daddy was the flip side of a record that wasn't um, that big a hit. Actually, it hit number five on the R&B charts. Uh, the tune was called I Don't Know, but like I say, Papa Daddy was the flip side. Uh, before that, we had um, Wine Own a Car with her only hit record, uh, hit uh, number 15 on the R&B charts for one whole week. And, of course, I got that record from Mr. Portland Alcanto of 1853 Main Street. Uh, Which Main. we sent out a pick of. Yes. You can Who have was a, Portland Al? He'd agree he shopped. Was a, he was a very famous uh, record collector from, from Vancouver. Uh, and he used to go down to Portland an awful lot. That's why they called him Portland Al. And we started this set off with uh, Laverne Baker. So that's, that's the... That's the, the set, and... Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Ed. I said, why have you held off so long playing this record? But thank you for playing the record on my show. I've got a, probably thousands that I'd love to play. <laughs> what an honor. And also, I must say, Erica, last show you were on, or a little while back, said Bessie Smith and Bing Crosby. She loved that, the Bing Crosby and Louis Armstrong. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was so long ago that um, I've, I've completely forgotten what the, the reference is. And right now, what are we going to play? going to play something I've never played before. I'm going to play an opera record. I'm just thrilled I'm going to play an op- opera record. This is uh, somebody called Erna Sack, and um, I'm probably going to mispronounce the title. Uh, Funakuli Funakula. Now, this is the only guy we are playing in the no, entire show? No, she's a girl. What's the matter with you? And you are guest DJ. Crazy Ed. Why should people care about you, Crazy Ed? Why should people care about girls, uh, girls, girls? Because it's fun. Well, thank you very much, Ed. And do 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 do